again, this is Brian Copeland talking. Welcome to another edition of Copeland's Corner. If all goes well, we'll be joined shortly by a distinguished panel of comics, and we'll talk about some of the news of the week. Some funny, some heavy, some somewhere in between. We just we just come on and we talk about what's going on in the world. Uh, before we get to that, I wanted to say a special thank you to you. Um, I had a play, uh, I should say I have a play, my, my newest one-man play, my fifth, fifth or a sixth, I've lost count. Uh, it's called Grandma on Me, an ode to single parents, and it opened uh, in the fall of 2022, and it ran for seven months in San Francisco, and that made it eligible for the Broadway World Awards. And so it was nominated for a Broadway World Award for Best Solo Performance. And uh, there were 10 nominees, and among them Brooke Shields, who had a show in San Francisco at some point during the eligibility period. Uh, Darren Chris from the show Glee had uh, an acclaimed uh, one-person show in San Francisco during that same period. And uh, it was decided by votes, by your votes, people who came and saw the show. And uh, I was notified day before yesterday that Grandma and me had won the award for best uh, best performance of a solo show. So I want to say thank you. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting the show, because out of all the shows that I've done, this is my absolute favorite. So thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting the show. And uh, right now the show is on hiatus, but I'll be bringing it back some point. Uh, at some point over the course of the next couple of months, uh, you'll, you'll see it uh, around the Bay Area, and I'd like to tour it some places around the country as well. Uh, just one thing before we we get into uh, into the comics today, and I want to warn you, it's going to be a Trump heavy show today. You know, we we are recording this on Wednesday, the day after the New Hampshire primary, and you know, before we do every one of these podcasts, I go and I look through all the news and through the news wires and things, and look for for topics to discuss and. Everything between his trials and between the, the New Hampshire primary yesterday and 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 uh, Democratic strategy and everything else, it's all Trump. I mean, which I'm sure he loves, which I'm sure he absolutely loves. There are very few news stories today that are not about him. So I, I am warning you, it is going to be a Trump heavy show today. And I and I try to do what I can to stay away from talking about him because, as I said, I know it just feeds his ego. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we talk about what's going on in the world and this happens to be it. Uh, he bit, he beat, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, in, uh, in New Hampshire, 55% to 44% in the New Hampshire primary. And she made a very interesting statement. And she said between the two parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, whichever party is first to retire their 80 year old is the party that will win the White House in November. Think about that for a minute. You know, in November, Biden's going to be 81 years old. In November, Trump is going to be 78 years old. You got grandparents, 80, 78. You know, do you think that they're capable of of the stress of running the country? Uh, I don't have any problems with the way that Biden has run the country, to be quite frank with you. Uh, Trump scares the hell out of me. But regardless, these are people who should be off somewhere and enjoying their lives. We'll put it that way. Well, at least Biden. So he's putting he's putting years of service. Go somewhere. Go fishing. Go drive your cor. Nah, I'm gonna say go drive your Corvette. But you're 80 years old. I'm gonna be driving your Corvette. But you 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 get my point. Uh, so that would mean that uh, on inauguration day, I think that that makes Biden something like 82. And if he does four years, that's 86. 
you know, and uh, and Trump would be in his 80s if Trump wins. And, and it's just, you know, there comes a point we've got to realize that there. I hate to say this because it sounds like age discrimination, but it's true. There's a point where I think you're just too damn old to be the president of the United States. You know, I am much younger, Knockwood, than 70 or 80. Uh, and I know that that I couldn't handle the stress and the pressure of that 24-hour-a-day job, certainly not for four years. You ever see those pictures that they put out periodically of uh, of a president on his inauguration day? And then they show a picture of the president, like in his third year or fourth year of the presidency, and they look like they've aged like 20 years over the course of that four years. You know, there's no way that I can live with that pressure. So how the devil do you do it when you're in your 80s? Uh, one of the things we will discuss uh, during Headliners on the Headlines, which starts now. This part of the podcast that we call Headliners on the Headlines. Great panel of comics this week. Uh, three of our regulars, Chris Riggins, is joining us, and Guy Obelum and Kate Robards. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you. Hello, hello. Now, where's everybody? Kate, you're in New York, right? That's right. Okay, and Guy, you are where? Uh, Sacramento. In my office. In Sacramento. It's all right. I'm in my family room. It's all right. Your office is fine. I'm in my family room. <laughs> See my pool table behind me? Come on over. We'll shoot a couple of games. Sounds like a good time. And Chris, you're where? You're in, in L.A.? Yeah, I'm back in L.A. Okay, all right. Now, before before we get started, we were talking off the air. Go ahead and tell the story. There, there's a I don't, podcast. How do you, I don't you want, want to tell the story. You don't want to because tell the story? Because here's the thing. I, I, I feel like that's just going to add to the to the noise. Like, I feel like he don't even know my name. He didn't have my name to even say it. He just knows what I look like. And for me, I just feel like, you know what, I'm not going to even give him that fuel because it's just, it's just, I, if you're getting talked about it, it's, it's, I spell guess my it's name right. Spell right. My name just right. spell my name right. But what we're talking about is here's a podcast. We all mention the name of the podcaster and, and the podcaster is, is uh, slamming Dave Chappelle, who uh, Chris travels with uh, as an opening act quite a bit and is saying that he, what did he say that he, he doesn't hang with gay people. Yeah, well, he's he's apparently not a Hollywood star because his circle doesn't include like trans or gay or, you know, he he mentioned another trans comedian that Dave Chappelle has o let open up for him. Um, and then he mentioned that he has an opener with painted nails. So it's like, <laughs> let me say, I guess, let me say, I have never understood the backlash against dudes with painted nails that's been going on since the 80s since the 90s yeah. like some dude paints his nails and everybody freaks out like glam rock was never a thing right like like pin and teller were never a thing like that's I, right. I just don't understand it's it you paint your nails paint your nails dog i don't also, get it like you never had a kid like your kid will paint your nails all the time i used to walk out of the house with a painted fingernail and barrettes and shit oh my god daughters <laughs> so yeah girl dad you now it's You've funny had... that it's funny the two of you have painted your nails. I've known Kate for what going on ten years, and I've never seen you paint your nails. <laughs> but the two guys here, do you paint your nails? I grew up in the country, so like I am still scraggly. I've had one of my old bosses used to say, "You can tell a lot by um, a woman and how they keep their nails," and I would be like, "Don't look at them." <laughs> <laughs> But 
you know, I like I was a kid when the Dennis Rodman stuff, like he was like cool and masculine. Nobody questioned his masculinity as he rolled around with Carmen Electra and stuff. No. Even before you think of like King Louis, the whatever, and they would wear the high heels and the wigs and the makeup like what I'm confused what the issue is. If you go to the MoMA, not MoMA, what's the Met, the Egyptian room, they have these, you know, very Afrocentric wigs in the Egyptian room. So it's like we've been wearing this BC like long before. I think my biggest concern is like, why does it matter what another person does to their body if it exactly. doesn't affect you exactly that's just the part that it's it baffles me is it's like you're okay, ruining the brand chris i'm ruining it yeah i guess ruining I'm ruining the, brand the brand of toxic masculinity and it's so funny because like I, I, a story real quick is like i was i just finished doing a show with Dave Chappelle at sf punchline and uh dre like some of the warriors there draymond green was there and draymond just looked at me across the circle and just quietly said, so what's up with the nails? Why, why the nails? And before, <laughs> before I could answer him, before I could answer him, one of the most, the, the most gorgeous waitress that works at the punchline comes up and says, I've been meaning to tell you all night. I love your nails. Dudes with nails is sexy. She just said it like that and walked off. And Draymond looked at me, said, Hey, and there it is. Is. I'm, I'm looking at your pearls. You know, I'm I'm from Texas. Yes, I love a little pearl, and I see this. Is that a pearl necklace? Yes, it is. Yes, is it real? Is it real? Hey, Brian. You know, questions are are like you know opinions. Everybody got one. I don't know. <laughs> they <laughs> really, they really on my neck. They really on my neck. You know, we. So I read I read Mary Astor's book that well, it was a uh, Anderson Cooper wrote this book about Mar- the Astors. Yeah. And Mary Astor, you know, rich, rich, rich. When she died, a lot of her pearls were fake. Like the richest mm. people, fake stuff. It's not the wrong <laughs> costume jewelry. I mean, honestly, it's one of those things. Like I, I have real jewelry that I wear like on stage and like special occasions, and then I have stuff that I just wear every day. Because like if I wear my real pearls out and they snap in the middle of the street. I'm going to be running down the street trying to grab pearls. So it's just better to leave that necklace from when I'm somewhere where it's like, you know, it's going to be a dress up affair and it's just really, I'm going there and then I'm going home and then there's pearls off. There's the the pearl necklace you wear to parties and the pearl necklace you wear in the bedroom. There Thank it you. Is. I, I, I was waiting for that. I had to do it. I was, I was waiting. I just wondered who was going to go there. I wondered who was going to go there. Yeah, I have I have no nice jewelry. I have no nice jewelry. The only thing that I've ever wanted in terms of nice jewelry is I've always wanted a Rolex, but I'm afraid to get one because I'd be afraid to wear it walking down the street. Mm-hmm. I'd, be, Rolexes, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be afraid to walk to wear it walking down the street. You can get a Rolex that doesn't look too too flashy and it's still an investment piece. Like that's the thing about Rolex. It's an investment piece. That thing is something when your granddaughter, you know, is growing up, you could say, hey. Here's something that you can have that is worth value. If you need some money in a pinch, you could sell or use Rolex at all times for like five to ten thousand dollars, depending on which one you get. Mm-hmm. So it's but not it's even so pretentious gonna... because nobody wears a wristwatch anymore. It's so pretentious. Who who wears a wristwatch? Really? Why? You got a phone. It's a piece of jewelry. It's I mean, like, iPhone, uh, iPhone's wearing, wearing. wearing expensive jewelry to me always implies that you know how to fight. <laughs> or shoot or shoot i'm gonna chop your hand off my boss just got a ring i shouldn't even be saying this and i'm like you i would not wear that ring around period like <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you can fight 
Right? That's just like a big who gonna beat my ass about it. So Well, I mean, you shouldn't be wearing expensive jewelry in places where you might have to defend your life. You should probably, like I said, reserve it for events and galas where everybody's got expensive jewelry. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like next time are, I'm at the Met Gala. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I'm you get here invited, when I go to rob people, I need to wait till they're at the fancy event and then that's when we strike because it'll rob be smarter, not harder. Pick <laughs> your spots. All right, with that, let's uh, let's let's jump. I'm sure, this is exactly what you wanted to talk about, Brian. No, see, we just go. We, as I say on this on this this podcast, we just talk. Um, I, I I look. I spend the morning looking to see what it is I can find that's in the news that for us to chat about. And today, unfortunately, we're Trump heavy today because there's nothing Ooh. else going on. Because well, the primary other, yesterday and some of the stuff. You, I'm sorry. I said I know some other news we could talk about, but we'll talk about that too. Okay. All right, we'll get to saying, that. Oh, you know, I work work good uh, i don't know if i'm okay i'm not supposed to say it but uh you know a lot of media companies are doing layoffs journalism yeah. places you've got the mm -hmm. la times they just laid off all these people and a lot of the reporters are unionized so you know that's just it's moving away from actual journalists i think there's a direct tie-in with the trump thing because everybody needs branded content branded content mm -hmm. without being buoyed by the people who actually do the work. And it's a huge loss for democracy, for people when you're losing the people who know how to do work because all they but that's care been about going on for a long time. It's though. a huge boon for corruption. That, that's been going on mm -hmm. for, for years and it's level. worse and worse every year. You know, the fourth estate, they're trying to get rid of the fourth estate. Uh, I mean, you, you've got Google, you've got a lot of news organizations that are laying off people here in the Bay Area. You know, by, by or have announced layoffs of people here in the Bay Area uh, at, t at tech companies that provide news over the course of the next couple of months. And then again, going going back to Trump, you know, he's making noise about about yanking FCC licenses of NBC and CNN and some of the other news organizations or networks that criticize him or say things that he doesn't like. And you know, and if he's elected, he says he'll be a dictator for one day. He says he'll get even do that. But that's not long enough. Up. If you're going to be a dictator, you have to like, if I was going to be a dictator, I have to be a dictator for like four years and then I would abdicate. Well, but everything would be better. You got to be a dictator for you can't be a dictator for one day and think people are going to forget that one day because you can't go back to being a regular person the next day. You got to stick with the script because once you go back to not being a dictator, I'm going to take you out. And well, I, honestly, yeah, I think we're getting to the point where we might just have to start doing that. Okay, now you're you be a dictator on your birthday and on your wedding. Yeah, dictators get killed because on your wedding, you're because <laughs> uh, on your wedding you're already going to have a dictator. So there's, no, so there's no reason for that. You said dictators you're going to get killed. I wasn't going to start with this, but let's go with this. Um, I was reading an interview that. Uh, uh, that Kathy Griffin gave to a podcaster um, over the course of the last couple of days. And she talked about that incident a couple of years ago that got her in so much trouble where she held the severed head of Trump, a fake severed bloody head of Trump. And it ruined her career for a long time. A lot of her gigs got canceled. Uh, she was doing that New Year's Eve gig with, with uh, Anderson Cooper and she got fired from that. And Anderson Cooper, who she thought was her friend, was uh, called her a horrible person. She said she's lost 75% of her friends and they have not come back because of that. But worse than that, the DOJ really tried to, uh, to prosecute her. Um, mm. she, the, the secret service was at her door the next day 
And she just, uh, through a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request, got the file on, on what they had on her. And they were trying to, to make a case to prosecute her for conspiracy to assassinate the president of the United States. Wow. Now, I mean, so is there any way when you, when you all saw the picture, is there any way possible that you could look at that picture and not realize it's a joke? It's in uh, in bad taste, I'll admit. It, it is definitely in bad taste, especially at the time you had, I guess it was ISIS that was beheading people. I mean, is there any way you could look at that and not think it's a joke? That's my first question. Second question is, did the fact that she got in so much trouble, ha has it ever made you think twice about a joke about the president knowing you could get, get in trouble? Because I'll tell you the one that I, I had a joke that I wrote that I never did after that because I thought, well, could this get me in trouble? And the joke that I had, the joke was, about Trump, and it was, where's Lee Harvey Oswald when you need him? That was a joke. And I said, Good you know, question. And I, and I never did it. I never did it. Where's the school it. shooter when you who, need who him? Who can I talk into trying to impress Jodie Foster? <laughs> see, see, they're too young. They don't, they don't, they don't get the reference. You know? <laughs> I, think, I, think I got it. I got it. Walker who tried to kill the president. I know this. Jodie Foster yeah. had the that yeah. tried to kill the president. Yeah. yeah, we remember that. Ronald Reagan was the first president to beat the curse of uh, presidents elected in a year ending in zero. He didn't That's die right. in office. Didn't die in office. First yeah. one. So, 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 so tell wow. me, is, is there a way that, that you, that it, it, uh, looking at it objectively, that you think you, anybody could look at that, at that photograph and not realize it was a joke, being in bad taste? And have you censored yourself about stuff you say on stage about, the, about a sitting president, knowing that they, uh, you know, that they'll come after you? I can't really um, talk about like going after a sitting president, but people often forget. And, and it's funny because I've been a cannabis activist for a million years, almost as long as I've been a stand up comic. Right. And for the longest time, it definitely hindered my career for a long time. Be like, oh, that, all that guy does is talk about weed. Oh, he's just a stoner comic. Oh, this and that and that. So there's consequences. Right. So if you do a horrible taste and bad joke about the president, of course, the DOJ is going to come see you. Of course, people are going to cancel gigs. You have to think about all of that before you even start. You, you don't think you can just make bad taste, violent jokes, implying things and shit is not going to happen and then be upset when shit does happen. I'm always confused when cats want to go on stage and say something racist or sexist or ridiculous. That's not funny. Mm -hmm. Right. It's got to be ridiculously funny for you to get away with it. If it's just in bad taste, then you're an asshole. You understand? Mm -hmm. Right. And so why would you be surprised when people don't want to work with you? Why would you be surprised when these things happen? So I think people need to suck it up. And when you make these decisions, understand what's going to happen. Right. It's, a, right? for it's me, like the people, uh, I was talking to, to one of my kids who's super activist, -y, which is awesome because you raise activists. It's great. Uh, and the people who, who uh, stopped all the traffic on the Bay Bridge to protest Palestine or to protest what's going on in Palestine and Israel, they're yeah. all facing a lot of charges. And uh, she was very, very upset about it. She's like, it's a travesty. I'm like, yes, of course it is. But they should know what's going to happen. Right. People go to jail for shit like this. This is one of the choices you make when you Martin do Luther something King, like that. Martin Luther King knew he was going to jail. He knew right. that we go ahead and we're going to do this in civil disobedience and we're, and, and we're going to fill the let's, jails of Birmingham. Let's take it a step further. He knew that he would be killed. He even knew yeah. that he ran the risk of being killed for what he, he fought for. And that's 
that's kind of like, you know, you're very right. You know, it's there's a consequence of, of your actions. There's no escape of that, no matter what your actions are. And they also say no good deed goes unpunished. There's those things. But that's why in the activism world, for those people who are on the protest, there are people who aren't there on the bridge, who are lawyers, who are uh, paralegals, who are waiting for them to get arrested, meet them at the jail, get yeah. them out, get their defense ready. OK, boom, boom, boom. And then usually a lot of those cases end up being dismeanors, tickets, and, and people don't really go to jail for them. It's just the game. It's how it's the protocol. Even the police arresting those people know. This is the this is the protocol. You guys are gonna mm -hmm. pretend to act like you don't want to get arrested. We're gonna arrest you. You guys are gonna be out. The world keeps spinning. Um, when it comes to comedy, we do make decisions on what we do. I mean, for for Kathy Griffin, you know, one thing that I've always noticed about is her whole career has been very, you know, talking about celebrities and and you know people that she knows being in places she's been. And one thing I've learned about being in Hollywood is if you run your mouth too much about what goes on in the Hollywood circles that's going to affect you. And when yeah. something really bad hits, like you do a picture with the president's head like this and they turn on you, then guess what? You realize who your really friends are because you said she lost 75% of her friends. No, what, of her friends. what she found out was who were the real 100% of her friends because a lot of those people was like, you know what, she been talking about me too. I don't really care that she's in trouble. I'm not going to stick up for her. Um, and mm -hmm. at the same time, it's just part of the game. It is like, and Gail said, this is the double-edged sword we have. We can go out there and say the most scathing uh, uh, things and most truthful things. And if we don't learn how to balance it and learn how to do it in a way that people can palate it and say, okay, that's a joke. It has to be and funny. It has to be funny. And and I get it all the time. White comedians always call me with this. Hey, I got this 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 N-word joke. I want to run it by you. And before they even say anything, I say, if you have to ask me about this joke, just to let you know, I'm already disapproving of this joke. Because <laughs> you obviously know this is not a good joke. And you're trying to make sure that a black person such as myself won't get mad. And it's like, you blessed it. You make it sure that you blessed it. As a white woman, you know, I do use the hard R and it's very upsetting because I say people, I call people rich all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they, it, you know? they hate it. They hate it. But I got to say, I totally, uh, you know, what Chris said is 100% right. Can I call you Chris, Christopher? Uh, about organizing. Testing Christopher, Mr. Christopher Riggins. When you're protesting, I've done a lot of these groups and it's like, hey, maybe you don't want to be on the front lines if you have priors. You know, here's a hundred dollars, tuck it into your bra. And I've seen people dip because it's like there's an education that goes in before you're doing this. It's not willy-nilly, right? And with Kathy, I actually was writing for the Shorty Awards, which was her first job after she went through all of this. I think yeah. I don't know what year it is uh after the pandemic, but it's like Looking at her career, she was someone who was shocking. Like she was always trying to do this shock stuff to get attention. And you, you think like whenever I hear people be like, I, I feel so bad for celebrities. I'm like, you know how hard like J Lo has to work to stay in the news, right? Like she's releasing this where like there's provocateurs, right? They're not accidentally famous. They're not accidentally getting this buzz. You mm -hmm. know, Kathy Griffin had been trying to pull a hat out the bag. And just like they said, double edged sword. They're two, you know, that fame and notoriety. Notoriety has a negative connotation. It could go either way. And hers just flipped the wrong way at the wrong time. And if it had been loved, right, she would be loving that. It didn't take away her work ethic. I still remember 
we did a walkthrough for her shorty awards thing. And it was very early in the morning. She had these super high heels on and sweatpants. I said, why are you wearing the heels? She goes, well, I'm going to be wearing these tonight. I need to know when I'm doing the crowd work, what it's going to be like. And I've really respected her work ethic. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, we're not talking about yeah, this. You're going to confuse the cameraman if, you, if you're not wearing heels. <laughs> she knows her angles, right? But it was right. like, she played that gamble and, you know, it came up on the wrong end. I, I had the pleasure of interviewing her for television once a number of years ago, and I was really surprised. She was such a sweetheart. She was such a sweetheart. It was not what I expected at all. Then a couple of years after that, I got dragged on a first date to see her in concert. You know, and as a guy, I have to say I got dragged on a first date to go see her in concert. She's funny. And it was and it was just really she she is funny. She's hilarious, but it's just, it, it it was about celebrities, as you said, and it was real acerbic. Everything she said was just real, you know, just real hardcore. And and it's it's like it's like getting roasted by Ricky Gervais, basically. I mean, it was like that hardcore. I, it was funny, but it's like you better have a sense of humor. You know, um, my, my hope was the people she's talking about. She's talking about going to, you know, Suzanne Summer's house and and, you know, people's homes and what they drive and 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 had just I can't remember any of the jokes, but I do remember I laughed a lot harder than I thought I was going to laugh. I laughed a lot harder than I thought I was going to laugh. So um, uh, Nikki Haley lost last night and she made the statement that the first party, Democrats or Republicans, who retires on their 80-year-old candidate and puts somebody younger in is, is the, the party that's going to win. Do you think that this makes a difference? I mean, you got you got Biden. Well, she can't beat Gavin Newsom. Newsom. No, I don't think she'd be Gavin Newsom either. <laughs> so what is I, she talking about? She needs like, well, but maybe and well, but but maybe she, she needs could. That, well, hang on, hang on a second. Maybe she, she could. She could probably and California's not in good shape right now. I mean, we we had something like eight hundred thousand people leave California a year before last, and uh, in last year there may have been even more. You've got Fox News with this doom loop about San Francisco, and you got to be be honest about it. A lot of what they're saying, whereas they're making it worse than it is, it's still bad. You oh, know, yeah. there are there are tech encampments all over the place. You know, you you know, you go try to go. There's a theater in San Francisco. I'm not going to mention because I don't want them to lose business because of it. But it's a major theater where where we're traveling Broadway shows come through and you've got to walk past a a a gauntlet of of junkies. And they are literally junkies setting sitting there shooting up and the cops are just standing there. Cops are, I guess, are standing there to make sure nothing happens to any of the patrons, but they're not arresting anybody. And, and you know, if you get, these are people who are homeless, we're going to arrest them and do what? But do I what? mean, but but you know, you've got businesses that are 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 leaving uh, uh, for the first time ever. For the first time ever, In and Out Burger is closing a location. In and Out is not a franchise; they own them all. But they're closing, and they're closing a location. Let me finish, and it's a profitable location in Oakland. By the Oakland Airport because of it's crime, not. because it's a crime. They, they they specifically said in their statement it's because of crime, safety sure. of their customers, and and safety of their employees. But that neighborhood has never been safe. That's never been the neighborhood That's you get off the freeway to go eat food. 
That's Hagenberg. You go to the airport, you get gas, you get up out of there. You don't even that Denny's around the corner. That Denny's mm-hmm. still popping, and that Denny's don't even do sit down food no more. <laughs> I think it's all it's all. But that was that was the Denny's you went to if you live past East Oakland. You just want to stop before you. It's like. Everybody knows you don't get off on Hagenberger for nothing unless you absolutely have to. Unless you're going daytime. to the game or the airport. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's and not the A's yeah, aren't the there game. anymore. The Raiders aren't exactly. there anymore. The Warriors aren't there anymore. So there's That's, nothing really there's nothing else to do. There's nothing to okay. bring the middle class people over to that, uh and, uh, and yeah. the rich people over to that in and out. And there's a there's a there's an in and out right over the bridge in Alameda. You, if, if you really want safety, go to Alameda to get the food. But that is right. not an area you put a food-like spot that you're expecting people to just say, oh, you know what? I really want to go to In-N-Out in East Oakland. But it's, been there. It's, it's, it's been there for like 11 years, yeah. and it's really profitable. It's made a lot of money. but It's a drive through they, they say that there are people who are, are you know, on any given day in broad daylight, you can see people going from car to car, smashing windows, you, you know, know why? For stuff to grab. You know why? Because people get off the airplane and they get they 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 hit Google in and out near me, and that's the first in and out. So they don't know where they're at. So of course, if I'm somebody who breaks into things, I'm going to where there's going to be a lot of rental cars, a lot of people with luggage in their cars, a lot of people with laptops because yeah. it's industrial. So there's a lot of business. All the weed growers are over there. All the weed distributors are over in that area, too. So they're getting robbed as well. Like I worked at a, a dispensary. They cut through the out wall, the outer wall, came through and stole five different dispensaries products. That's so like that a is a, that's a heist. Yeah. I was going to say, that's, a, <laughs> that's like Ocean's 11. It's or a high crime Ocean's, area. Ocean's 420. Ocean's like 11. This. It's the same thing. All right. So I don't know if you heard the story about PNB Rock. Did you hear about this one, Gaio? No. B Rock no. is a rapper from Philly. He he was no. a rapper from Philly, blowing up. He went to L.A., got off the plane, got in his his rental Bentley, and his girl's like, I want Roscoe chicken and waffles. So they Googled the closest Roscoe chicken and waffles to the airport. Now, if you know about L.A., not all the Roscoe's is is, is tourist friendly. Not all these Roscoe's. Yeah. Go to, if you want Roscoe's, go to the one in Hollywood on Gower. If you don't, don't go to the one that's in the hood. And he went to the one in the hood and they saw him with jewelry and a Bentley. So they robbed him and killed him. And that's the oh same thing. With, that's the same thing with the in and out being right there in that part of East Oakland. That is a robbery cross zone. That is that is where the that is. First of all, it's an exit so they can get out of there real quick. Yeah, it's, it's the on the outskirts of town. So by the time the police get there, they're already in San Leandro or they're up the 580 going towards Pleasant to cut over to Antioch. So it's literally a perfect zone to break in and rob places. So, of course, they're going to have to shut that down. <laughs> it's a perfect zone. We all know the top three rules of a restaurant where you're going to rob people. Location, location, location. <laughs> Well, see, the whole point of me bringing all this up is this is the problem that Gavin Newsom would have. And, I, and I'm I, I'm a fan of Gavin's. I know Gavin personally. I would support him if he ran. But if he ran right now, they will hang California around his neck in the problems of all that California's having around his neck. You know, uh, the problems in San Francisco, the problems. Crime, well, here's the crime thing. in Oakland if is up, is up with Nikki Haley. Do you really think that the racists, even though the Republicans are going to vote for an Indian woman, over uh, a, a white guy? I don't know. And I'll say, I don't, and I'll say I don't know because... Maybe of, threw of how, everybody under the bus trying to suck up to white Republicans. 
And uh, how far did it get him? Yeah. In West Iowa. They were like, yeah, I mean, I guess, but he, he looks kind of weird. And, uh, you know, I'm still mad about 9-11, even though Indian people didn't have shit to do with it. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, let you're me, right. Let me, let me ask you. Well, hang on a second. Let me, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, we talked about how, how uh, Biden is going to be 81 uh, on Ooh. Election Day. Biden will be Good 81 years old on Election Day. Trump's going to be 78 on Election Day. If and the Republicans are going to use this, they've already announced they're going to use this as a strategy. And that is to scare people with Kamala Harris. And so if something should happen and if, in fact, Biden should, you know, God forbid, have a heart attack or become incapacitated in some way. So so the the, the nominee then by default becomes Kamala Harris. Can Kamala Harris win? Can Kamala Harris beat beat Donald Trump? And you know, another one again. I I, I know her personally. I like her very much. Ooh. I think she's done a fantastic job. But I don't think in this country she can win. Three years ago, I would say you're probably right. But now I would say she has a puncher's chance because of abortion. How right. important so do you think that? We've well, let seen, me ask. Let me get a woman's. Let me get a woman's perspective. A woman's perspective, and that is: Do, do you think that it's it's going to be amazing when you talk to to your women friends is this when they go in to vote going to be a major thing that they're voting on is this going to be a major factor something that is decisive uh reproductive rights or are there other things i mean i just think like god why is everybody so old like my mom is in her 70s and she's still working but she doesn't want to you know like she but like let these people to pasture let them off like please just I can't even and, you know, Kamala's had her problems with drug um, with all of the, you know, drug indictments from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's just not been up front and center. And I think our country as a whole uh, just hates women, you know, like, period. So. Um, I don't know. I, that I part. Feel like, do, yeah. do you think do you think reproductive rights are going to are, are going to be a major factor for women voters? When, when you go on voting, they've already proven to be a major factor for women voters. Well, so far, look at Michigan, what? look at Texas, look at all the spots where they went kind of crazy on abortion, and a lot of those Republican guys they got voted out. Uh, everybody's uh, erasing all their super radical pro-life stances from their websites. They don't really try to bring it up in debates anymore. Every uh, place where there was a referendum, Iowa. I mean, yeah. when I, and it lost by, you know, it, it, it's they, they put it in Iowa's constitution and it won by a lot. Ohio. I mean, so everywhere it's been on a ballot as a referendum for to to enshrine reproductive rights in the state's constitution. It's won and it's won by a lot. And it's one. I'm lot. from Texas, right? I'm from Texas. So I know, you know, the first thing that people think my mom was telling some local congressman who said, I'll protect your rights. My mom goes, what rights? He goes, your rights to go hunting and fishing, whatever you want. She's like, what about my right to abortion? And he was like, I back the Bible. I back the Bible. And it was like, you know, on he was running away. I was like, this is unnecessary because you're never going to reach these people. And when you look at even like white feminism, their whole thing is we want to be as evil as white men. Like we deserve to be. <laughs> so like, it's like we have had to stamp that part people. So there's all these problems and you'd be surprised how many feminists uh, identify. I was in that vice video vice panel on women and feminism for having jokes about, you know, women where I'm from are like, I'm a feminist. Cause all my guns are pink. And, you know, 
women in the Bay are like, I'm a feminist because I have merch or, you know, whatever it is. I have a pink pussy hat. And it's like, what are you agreeing on? Because it's so different. And right now everybody's so at odds. And it's like you talk to people in one place and you're like, this is outrageous. And you talk to people in Texas and I get my family to at least say like, well, I don't think that I don't think it's right that you want to kill innocent babies. But, you know, I support hmm. if you want to kill innocent babies. And I'm like, I can't talk to you call them innocent babies. <laughs> right. I'm like, we can't even talk to one another. We don't even mesh with one another. So it's like you talk to people in New York and they're like, I can't believe this is happening. You talk to people in Texas. They're like, I can't believe that we even allowed it in the first place, you know? The, the I, men who passed it were all having a board, you know, all having affairs. All of them. Yeah, like all of them having affairs. Um, all of them slipping uh, uh, Plan B into their mistress's orange juice in the morning. Remember that guy? <laughs> right. To, to go back to Chris talking about, you know, painting your nails and, uh, you know, what having your identity, whatever that is, those people don't acknowledge that either. And you look at the congressmen who are, you know, getting or local politicians getting kicked out because they were on a site cross-dressing, you know, we can't admit to anything in this country. I just, I don't know. I'm, yes, I'm ready this to country, go to, I don't, you know, the wall's never getting built. So I'm just going to cross on uh, over. Right. This, you know, how's your Spanish? Are you going to move to Montreal? Well, I'm going to Berlin. Yeah. I love Berlin. I'll be in Berlin in April. Come out. I, you know, the thing about the guy, you were Berlin this year. I was there this summer and I'll be real. I went to the, uh, to where the, uh, you know, the Nazi headquarters was and the Berlin wall and all that stuff. You go down there and it's, it's a calming piece. You feel like this is a memorial to the people that were killed and not a monument right. to the people that killed them. Well, Nazism is illegal in Germany. Yeah, I mean, you, you see in the words and, and how they describe uh what those men you see in the words how they describe what they did and how their lives ended that this is not we're proud of this this is this was terrible how do we let ourselves get here if we don't have this you will repeat this america does not have that no that's critical race theory chris we can't do any of that a quick aside a quick aside uh in in germany they're not really allowed to throw 420 festivals on 420 because it's Hitler's birthday. And I'm like, but That's it's right. not even cool No, we, we can't. The state won't let you celebrate anything on that day because hey, cancel screw it. And Gaio, Nate Dog says smoke weed every day. He didn't say smoke weed just for 420. <laughs> so every, every day is 420. Every day is 420. Every day. Two times 420 happened. So that's fine. I'm okay with that. But the thing is, America does not have those places. Like there are people still throwing plantation weddings. As if this was a, yeah, a fun yeah. place for people to be. As if plantation yeah. was a, a cool spot. You know what and I mean? The language They're, says workers, like workers. Yeah. Here. It, it, it's workers. like we have we have full cities built on lands where where indigenous people lived beforehand, and we have no knowledge of what they've left there because it's been Still wiped out for workers. for skyscrapers or whatnot. So it's, it's America will never. And I'm saying this because I've observed this. America will not vote in Kamala Harris. I watched as America 
denied Hillary Clinton over some emails. I watched as yeah. America yeah. literally the only reason this is going to get me some enemies. The only reason Barack got elected because he got a white mama and I'm not trying to be mean to him. That's and his not white right. mama. No, 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 That's no. Wait, right. If no, no, you put you put a full blown brother from Detroit in there named Derek. Hey, Derek, Derek Obama running for president. They ain't voting for Derek That's Obama the way. same way. He, he won because because hey. Bush, George W. Bush screwed up so here's badly. The between the war in Iraq and the war in Iraq and the economy, you're he screwed you're up so didn't. badly. We're we're literally talking about it right now. This is she just mentioned it. White feminism. We're talking. You can that could be part of it. Two things can be true at once, Brian. Don't say that what didn't happen didn't happen. Two things can be true at once, and one thing that helped him along with. W. Bush being a terrible president is the fact that he was a palatable black man. He well, was a Christian black man. He's he very articulate. He was clean. He was clean. He's, and articulate. he's very articulate. Right, you know, he had a white mom, white single mom. Wait, single moms. Go ahead. But he wasn't but born here. About, but he no, wasn't no, born but here. Were, exactly. That's another thing. He was born in Hawaii. <laughs> no, no, black men come from Hawaii. We get stationed there in the military. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a whole other thing. He is not an average. He's not me and a guy. He is not me and you, Brian. He didn't come from a, a full black Negro family that struggled from the his daddy ain't even from here. His daddy is an African black. So they looked at him as an opposite. He's not one of us. They didn't look at him as he they look at us. They looked at him as he was a different kind of black. So I already know that if Barack had two black parents, a whole black family and a bunch of black full like they would have been like, nah. Now, I get it, you're bad, but we, we got to get a, a, a more palatable black guy. So America is not going to that. That's why their strategy is to use Kamala Harris as the fear, because it's like, hey, if, if you guys don't vote for Trump, this black woman might take yeah. over. That, that's she's exactly gonna what they're going to do. Her fingers and everybody rolling their neck and it's going to be the worst <laughs> racism ever. That's, so, a, um, that's exactly what the Republicans strategy, and they're not even hiding it. The strategists are saying, it. this is what we're going to do. This is what care. we're going to do. Biden's in his 80s, and she's the vice president. He becomes incapacitated, and here's who you've got as your vice president. And the and, crazy thing you know, is, this man Trump incited a whole riot on our government building, on a government institution, to, to not because something wrong was happening, because he just lost. And now this man is able to run again. Why is he not in prison? Why cannot we cannot throw this man in prison? Because white supremacy runs America. It always will. And there's nothing we can do about it unless we start that, you know, John Wilkes Booth behavior. No, you can't say that. Stop saying that in my no. presence. Yeah, because you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> end call. up. Great call. Hey, look, I'm part of the LGBT community now, so I can say whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> <laughs> loud garish and black <laughs> the loud garish black thug community Chris is that what you're talking about <laughs> Look, Chris I'm going to say yes it can contribute but I feel like it's less about because I think the average person who doesn't like who didn't like Obama they don't even realize they're not even contextualizing all that you know I love Michelle and read her book Becoming and she talks about the horrible things people said with her. And then they still want to pose for a picture with the president. Right. Uh, and this is after they've publicly said horrible things about her family. And right. I think that that pendulum swung so far in the other direction because of that ignorance. And that's where we got to Trump. That's where we got now. And it was already bubbling with the Tea Party stuff. 
you know, and when you look at the work that Obama's done since then on the gerrymandering mm-hmm. and trying to redistrict, because that's a big problem is, you know, we talk about class and drug wars and how I'm from, you know, rural Texas, where it's a lot of chemical plants, very working class. And somehow we're lumped with this like woodlands group that's a suburb of Houston for voting for our reps. And it's like, we don't, we're not the same. Like even us aren't, we are not the same. And I think people just don't know anything anymore. You know, like Texas, they don't teach, they teach the middle passage. They don't teach the middle passage. They don't teach that. They probably think that's got to do with abortion rights, not, you know, slavery. That's crazy. It's crazy, but it's like, that's what's, that's what's happening. I went to public schools. I had to learn so much as an adult. War, northern aggression? Yeah, I was going to ask you, did they teach you about the Civil War? So you scared Chris away. He got up and left. So he started talking about the Civil War. (laughs) That's exactly it. He he got up and he walked out. So Uh, one of the best things about being from Texas is that it was less focused on the Civil War and because like, it was more focused on the Texas revolution. I had four years of Texas history. So like, I really didn't even the sec, the rest of the country was always a second thought. It was like, when they talked about the revolution, I was like, yes, the Texas revolution, AKA fight with the Mexicans. Right. The Alamo. Remember the Alamo. Which we lost. Yeah. Mexico also remembers the Alamo, but they remember it fondly. America has <laughs> an unreasonable alliance to losers. <laughs> America has this unnatural lead because this is like Confederacy. Oh, Alamo. We celebrate all our losses. Like we love a grievance. We love a grievance. (laughs) Well, tell me, tell me. We don't want to fix it. We just want to complain about it. In 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 Texas in public school, did they call it the Civil War? Did they call it the War of Northern Aggression? What, what did you grow up learning to call it? I grew up in Texas that we were annexed. It was like we were annexed at the end of the Civil War. And if you look, no no major Civil War battle was fought there. We have all of our grounds. I mean, when you put them up, that is the thing. And you can't really argue heritage or hate because it's like we have the San Jacinto, San Jacinto monument. Like our monuments were always about the Texas Revolution. And then now in the in the 90s, in the you know, early 2000s in the Tea Party, that's when you started seeing them made. So that's that other argument in Texas where uh, you really say it's heritage, not hate, because it's like, no, 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 no. Y'all just don't know anything. Because you can be both. It can be a heritage of hate. That's that's what yeah. it is. Right? Yeah. Is exactly yeah. I think I think you got your they got their conjunctions wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's conjunction <laughs> problems. Yeah, you're talking one of your shows about uh, and tell me if this is true or not about about having a big Confederate store. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's true. It's a it's a store that's it, all Confederate crap. It's uh, it's um, Vider, Texas. They had one of the biggest you know clans in the country, and that's um in the county. So it's in my town of Orange on the Texas Louisiana border, Gulf Coast. We would go to a mall like in Beaumont, Texas, or Lake Charles, Louisiana. So going through that mall, I had my friend Victoria in the car, and she my mom's driving, and she my friend Victoria ducked, and I was like, "Why are you ducking?" She goes, "My family drives around this town; they don't like black people here." And my mom, it hadn't even occurred to her, you know, and she was just like, "You know, they call that place a one-stop Confederate store. They're so dumb they can't even make a rhyme. It's one-stop Confederate shop. It's right there, you know. They should, <laughs> they should go for it, but they're too dumb. You know, you can't expect them to be dumb." And I remember she drove around like she was real cheap on gas, but she was like, "It's a little bit longer, but." 
you know, she said, I, I, I didn't think of Victoria. She goes like, we're two white women in a Honda Civic. We may not have a lot of money, but we don't have the problems some people have. So she would always say like getting pulled over for driving without uh, headlights. She was, you know, driving while poor. She'd be like, but I put my hand out and be like, shine a light because I'm at least white. Like, don't I mean, it's so dark and fucked up. But like, sorry, my language. But it's like, that's the reality that, you know, you know, you're dealing with inherently around you in mm-hmm. Texas and everywhere, you know? Did you guys see the, uh, the there, there's a, a, a big stink on, I, mainly on, I, I, I'll call it Twitter. I refuse to call it X. You know, I won't say X unless the word Malcolm is before it or the word men is after it. Other than that, I will not say <laughs> X. And uh, and that's a Tim, Tim Scott, s- Senator from North Carolina, who was running for, for the Republican nomination, who dropped out, who last night was on national television kissing Trump's ass. And what didn't he, he just uh, get a fiance? He's rumored to have been a virgin at 58 years old. Not that I had not heard. I know he got a fiance, but, but he would he get slapped. AC Green beat for the record. <laughs> <laughs> what AC Green was for? in the NBA. AC Green was turning he, down. What he's getting slammed for is saying to Trump that he said, "I just love you." That's what he said to Trump. And so Al Sharpton was on MSNBC today saying he'd never been so embarrassed of a black man in his life. And how can you say that? We sick boss. We sick boss. We sick boss. They're calling him him Uncle Tim. We sick (laughs) boss. He's okay, boss. We sick. You sick. We sick, boss. The things things people do to be close to power and to receive approval uh, and to make money. Right. Because sometimes yeah. I look at some of the money some of these cats have made from from being uh, pro white is, I guess, is the way to put it from, from upholding for, for for supporting the, these weird policies of the Republican Party. Uh, you can make a lot of money being a black person doing that. Uh, it's weird to me that you would want to. But sometimes I look at these bills in my house and I'm like, maybe I should just go on some tirades <laughs> for a week or two and start to go fund me because they're Candace canceled. Me. Well, Candace Owens blowing up. I'm sorry? Candace Owens, y'all know her? Oh, yeah. yeah, Candace yeah Owens, the, sure. The, the best grifter alive. It's one of the best in the world. Well, you there, was a, there was a woman on Twitter one time, a young girl who put, made a GoFundMe uh, and she claimed that because she was pro-Trump, she's a black woman, uh, because she was pro-Trump, she she wore the MAGA hat and everything, that her parents kicked her out of the house, and then she couldn't go to school, and her GoFundMe blew up, right? And then she was like, hey, thanks for the money. I was just fucking with y'all. <laughs> black Lives Matter, bitch. <laughs> she was out. Reparations, baby. That's how we... <laughs> like, That's I saw great. a dude... I saw a dude, he made a GoFundMe because, uh, you know, people like say, well, go back to Africa. He literally made a GoFundMe for white people to send him back to Africa. And I was like, that is genius because it's going to cost. You just want me to go? I don't know nobody there. Right? I, I need to go back plan. to Barcelona. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you know, I will tell you when I when I started to talk radio years ago was um, right when when Russ Limbaugh was starting. He started in Sacramento, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And um, and at the time, there was a, a service called Prodigy that Sears owned. That was but before there was a wide Internet. It was like you, you belong to Prodigy and you can send emails that way. And Limbaugh was on it. And we we corresponded. And he told me as an African-American that if, if I would just go right 
If I would just go right wing, I could make millions of dollars. And I go, but I don't believe this stuff. He goes, don't worry about it. You don't have to believe it. Just say it and be as outrageous as you can possibly be, and you can make millions of dollars. And I said, I, I got to look in the mirror when I shave. Now, I don't know, is this true, but it, it might be urban legend, but is there a quote where Trump was like, if I was to be a politician, I'd be a Republican because they'll believe anything? Wasn't that like, was that, was that, that made up? I don't know. I've seen that quote, but I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, it sounds quote. true. Sounds like something he was saying. I'm just going to go ahead and say he said it because I don't like him. So the truthiness is still a thing. I'm letting my confirmation bias exist. Fair enough. <laughs> At least we're honest about it. Uh, let me <laughs> let me shift gears. Um, Oscar nominations were uh, were announced this week, uh, I believe on Monday, and the w- the big stink, the big controversy is Barbie, biggest movie of the year. And I'll admit, I saw it. I saw it twice uh, because I wanted to see what all the shouting was about. I saw it it's a good Barbie. movie. It's like it's it's the Black Black Panther Black. for white women. It really I, is. And I, I, and I, I, I yeah. Forever. Pink pink Cadillac forever. And I saw and I saw it with my with my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) When you're not stoned. Or when you are stoned. Both. (laughs) It's a living lifestyle. But I saw I saw it with my daughter, and I will tell you, as a man, I learned a lot. I really feel like I walked out of that movie having learned a lot about patriarchy and about especially that that America for our speech that she gives. And she got nominated for an Oscar for supporting actress about what women have to do in order to survive in America. But the thing that's just really like, wow, is the fact that Margot Robbie did not get nominated. Again, biggest movie of the year made a billion dollars. Uh, she didn't get did not get nominated for for best actress. Uh, uh, Greta Gerwig did not get nominated for uh, for best director, but they gave the nomination to Ryan Gosling for playing Ken. Yeah, so Barbie doesn't get an Oscar nomination, but Ken does. That's like we're not going to nominate Batman, but Robin, he, he's our guy. Um, and and there are a lot of people saying it. It's like you missed the whole point of the movie. That's the whole point of the movie about about patriarchy. So, but also, uh, though, welcome. I mean, like, how many Best Picture nominations did Black Panther get? One, I think. Did it get nominated it's for Best like, Picture? The Spike Lee yeah. movie, um, The Black Klansman. I mean, there's like, it's. Yeah. There's, Do the right thing. I mean, hello. Yeah. I mean, listen, to, to me, I don't know if Margot Robbie's performance was def- was Oscar worthy. I mean, she was good, but I don't know if it was Oscar worthy. America for all, for sure. But I don't see how you can ignore Greta Gerwig, who did direct one no. of the most popular, best selling films uh, in the past 15, 20 years. But uh, also she, the highest grossing that a woman for that. the highest the highest grossing film that a woman has ever directed yeah. in the history of motion pictures. And how do you not notice it made? A billion dollars. It sh- she should get a nod for something for having the sense to get it done. She does. Right. It's, it's it's nominated she for got, best picture. Is it nominated got, for best, but not best director? Uh, no, nope. weird. Nope. That's no. weird. I think you know she got nominated for you know or won for um Lady was, Bird. The, the, yeah, it was like the one where you live in Sacramento. But it's like the Oscars are not the best selling movie. I mean, they're doing that award for like the most popular or whatever, but like. Merit, you know, what is it? Was American fiction? I wasn't paying attention because I was following the news. Was American fiction nominated? I don't know, so. probably. I don't because know. I don't like that a, movie. You didn't I mean, like Jeffrey Wright? Was not I don't like that movie. Why not? I, I have uh, not seen it. I've heard it's great. 
I definitely feel it's intellectually dishonest towards uh, black art. Um, so? I'll leave it at that. Uh, you know, and, and, and I'll be real. I'm going to say this before I say this. I do know I have I have been around and I do know uh, the, the the writer, director of the film, not personally, but I through 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 the industry. I have heard many, many stories and things about him. So I kind of have a, a bias on that. But the movie in the end does not hold up to the uh, account. It doesn't hold to the accountability that is trying to. Um, I believe the character that Jeffrey Wright plays greatly. I do believe he plays a great character, but the character in itself is written lazily to me um, because he turns a pretty much every black woman into in that film into his mammy, um, whether it's his sex mammy with El, uh, Erica Alexander or his mammy mammy with the mammy in there or how he 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 uses his intellectualism to dump all over a black woman's creativity because he doesn't like it. And instead of mm. him just saying, I'm going to fight to create where there's an equal space for both of those black arts, he thinks he <clears> has <throat> to push her down and beat her out of the system. And then he does it by just mocking what she did and creating a fake book where he pretends to be a criminal, where he does all this very stereotypical black uh, things that, you know, that, that, I feel sometimes a lot of black intellectuals do to non-black intellectual art. You know what I mean? Like the whole mindset that there can't be this Neil deGrasse Tyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson type thing, as well as, you know, two chains. You know what I mean? I don't, there's a dichotomy for every black art. I would art like to see a Neil deGrasse Tyson two chains collab. Right. But the thing about it is, is the, the movie doesn't, does. it's really a movie for white people to feel better about themselves at the end because none of the white people in the movie are ever held accountable for their part in what happens with who directed the, the characters. It? Who directed was it? Was it a black director? Uh, or white yeah, director? it was the, the guy who wrote it. Directed it. Uh, Cord, Cord, Jefferson, Cord Jefferson, Jefferson Cord. Yeah, he wrote it. Um, he, you know, on it, but I, I personally just you see wasn't. It, what's yeah? What's your what's your take? Well, I mean, I agree that what you know the angle of him definitely being like the main character taking this like higher than thou state. But I related to it as, you know, obviously a white woman who's worked in the industry. You see all of these executives who are like, yes, yes, we love it. We love it. So authentic, so raw. And I thought I got to see the Issa Rae character be like, like I went to Stanford and like, if this is what the market wants, I'm giving them the market. Like, I don't, this isn't, not that it's not real, yeah. but this is personal experience, but I'm playing the game too. And why shouldn't I? And then you don't see him necessarily be enlightened. You see other people being dumb and just this, to me, it kind of coming from like someone who's been, wanted to be in the publishing industry and wanted to be in the film industry. And I hear people see me, they're like, um, okay, so you are from this area and this area and you, you're this like elite person. And then they hear I'm from rural Texas, grew up on the poverty line. They're like, so you're white trash. And I'm like, okay, you can wow. be, like, mom went to college and you can be, there's no middle class now. You can be on the lower socioeconomic spectrum and not be white trash. You can be broke and not be poor. You can be, but so yeah. I personally feel how, you know, we go into these different buckets. And so his plight of like, you know, the black experience for him was very different than even the Issa Rae character who's putting it on for, to sell. So it's like, yeah. Related well, to that and I related to the pigeonholing. 
that's the, the thing about her character. I love the one thing I did love about her character. She got to respond to him a little. And what she did say was, I researched this book. I these are voices from people that I know. She never spoke it as like this was her voice. She said, these are people I know. I'm writing their life. That's what I've heard. And I think that's the difference in what she did and what he did, because he just created something that was just clearly just like, like, okay, like did you guys see Bamboozle? Did you yeah. see? Yes. Oh, yeah, I saw Bamboozled. Yeah. The movie borrows so heavily from Bamboozled on that element of him writing this book that is so over the top black stereotypical you know hood trash drama that it's just like yeah i would have liked a different idea with that i would have liked you to try to fight alongside with isa to create a space for both your books for the book that you originally wrote because there's a part of the movie where he says i don't consider myself black what Okay, well, I'm done now. I'm really not invested <laughs> in you now. By the way, that was a really good Jeffrey Wright impression. Yeah, well, that's it. I really don't consider myself black. And that, to me, in my opinion, black. and then, and, and, you know. I was going to start saying that to people. You know what? Way, I don't consider myself black. I said black. Like, that's, that's a line in the movie, and I'm sitting there looking like, really? Why does he have to say that? <laughs> Tell it to the cops. And Tell so it to the forever in New York. The more, the more I don't like a character, the more I'm like, that writer did a great job because they're trying yes. to make a character. I'm like, because I really am like, they're great. Like I, every time I really don't like a character, I'm like, that's good. They did. I feel good Jeffrey. Job. Jeffrey did a great job acting. I will give. I will give Sterling and Jeffrey their their uh, their flowers for their acting ability, their acting job. And Sterling movie. got nominated, by the way. Sterling's because a great actor. He's a great is, actor. Is he and American why, or is he a limey? He's American. No, he's American. Here's, the, here's the thing. I, I appreciate Sterling's acting job in this because I have beef with Sterling K from This Is Us. I know. So, you and I have gone, you and I have gone yes, over and over this. You already know how I feel about Randall. Because I, no, no, like no, Randall. No, no, I like Randall. I like Randall. I like Randall. I like the writer. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Wait, no, I met the, the woman that plays his wife on This Is Us. And me oh, and her both, bad. yes, me and her both agree because she's from the Bay Area. Me and her both agreed that Randall is a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like we both agreed that Randall was trash. Me and why? Her. Uh, again, why? He, he was because smart. he's just trash. He was, a, he was accomplished. He that is the one that should that have been means in charge. nothing about that your he, character. That he's sneaky, he's conniving, he's manipulative, he's very controlling. He was ve- he was very not a good person because like you've got this black woman who's saying, "Baby, I got you," and he's still sneaking around doing stuff that I didn't want you to like. Look, fam, she married you. Y'all got you got to either his adopted kid, like the way he dealt with Omar Epps at first. I was like, fam, how are you looking at another black man acting like a white man? That's crazy, bro. And that to me. Also goes to the fact that you just can't thrust a black person in a in a white family and not give him any context to who he is in his community because you're going to end up with Randall, who basically yes he's accomplished, yes he's smart, but guess what? He uses that to manipulate the people in his life. He used that to manipulate his mom when she said, "These are my wishes for for my life as I go to my Alzheimer's and my dementia." He was like, "Okay," and then he went and did the exact opposite because he. But she had Alzheimer's. That. She didn't know what the, what no, was no, no, best no. for her. You respect. She said it before she got the Alzheimer's. Yeah, but she, she had it, but it hadn't been said, advanced. 
No, she said before she got Alzheimer's, she said, this is what I want. It's like if you say, I want to be cremated, and your kids say, you know what, fam, we about to taxidermy you and sit you on the couch. That's what we do with Brian Copeland. You would, you might yeah. not have a say in it, but it's disrespectful to the person who you claim to love. And that that, that intelligence that. can be dangerous, that. too. So me and her both like he was very manipulative. He was very abusive mentally and emotionally, especially emotionally. Anytime somebody called him, <laughs> he, the man had panic attacks. He would have panic attacks at that. Guyo, Guyo, brother man, how many panic attacks you had in your whole life? Uh, one, one, one. This man had a panic attack twice a week. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Is, is police shoot black men in the street? You have a panic attack because your white sister called you out on your manipulative behavior? Get out of here. Randall will always forever be a be a be a. We've had this argument a couple, we of, have. a couple of times. We've had this discussion. I missed that show, by the way. That's all I do too. That show, though, that like, show Chris is taking it hella personal. Oh, I did. Yeah, I would. I would cry every week. That show made me cry every week. I wanted Randall to win. That's what makes it so painful. That's why I'm so hurt because I wanted Randall to win. I get it, fam. It's like uh, when Dave Dave Chappelle did the mad real world, talking about how in the real world they just put one black guy in a house full of crazy white people, and when he flips out, they're like, oh, you got to go. I understand, Randall. They thrust you into a house full of white people, and you had to, you had to adapt, homie. But, man, you a grown-ass dude, homie. You, but, man, this is me. Right, before we run out of time, I'm, I'm going to throw this out. I, I didn't know if I wanted to go this this low, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's just a story you don't see often. Um, guy gets on an American Airlines flight, and the flight is going from uh, the flight's going from Phoenix to Austin, I believe. Uh, and he sits down. This is but two weeks ago, and he sits down on the on the the the, the flight uh, in economy at the gate. And rips one, lets lets one go, a loud one, and and uh, when the people complain, he he tells them that they're being rude, and he does it again, and so the more people complain, <laughs> the more the guy farted, until <laughs> got so bad that that the flight attendants and everybody got involved, and they turned the plane around. And went back to the gate to take this guy off the flight because of the fact that he was causing a disturbance uh, with flatulence. And they think that's the first time ever that that a plane was delayed because of something. First of all, you should be wearing a mask on a plane anyway. Yeah, yeah, I do. Secondly, it's Austin to Phoenix. Like how long? That's like an hour and a half. 45 minutes, yeah, really. Not, I would rather be a little uncomfortable with some stink or, you know, light a match or some shit, do something, or do some spray, uh, as opposed to being two hours late because we had to go back and then go back. I'm gonna that's, why I, that's why I fly first class. I don't know those back of the problem, yeah. back of the yeah. plane problem. I wonder first class ever farts. I'd be really so, upset. If he, if he was farting in first class, it wouldn't have been a problem. They would have they would open the window. They'd have been like, oh, the window's up here. Open. <laughs> if it was a Boeing 737, the window might have opened automatically. 
Oh man, I, it feels like this feels like a big dad joke. Like he's just a super dad, and he was just like, "Oh, you don't like my thoughts? Oh, <laughs> oh, damn!" It. I was like, I just feel like it was at some point he was just like, "I'm, I'm totally playing with you guys." But yeah, hey, like, stewardess, pull my finger. Pull my finger, airlines. I was just about to say that. But it's just the nerve. Just drop the oxygen mask, all right? Well, I mean, first of all, how are you going to stop? Like, can you fart on demand? All Is guys it, can. If he can, can that's what All guys I, can. I can. I can. Hey, I, can you fart on demand? I know, I know one person in my life who could fart on demand. Yeah, I, like to burp on command, you suck the air in. So I'm like, maybe your butthole has to suck <sighs> the air in, and then I can't do that. I can't. My body <laughs> don't work like that. When I fart, it's real. If I force a fart, <laughs> it might be a shark. So I just, I just choose not to play with farts like that. You can't play around with farts. That's uh, once you get to a certain age, right? Never trust a fart. Never what? waste a fart. But here's the thing: if if he could fart on command like that, I'm truly amazed. Hats off to him because. <laughs> I, I don't know how that talent w- exists, and truthfully, we we should we should put him in first class. <laughs> they should have upgraded him just for that. Let him fuel the plane. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, what is okay? Last last thing, I'm, I'm just curious because we've all flown a lot. What what is the is the worst thing that you've ever seen on a flight? I'll tell you, mine was very uncomfortable. I, I was on a flight. Um, on a flight to Seattle, a flight from from San Francisco to Seattle. I'll tell you the airline. It was Alaska Airline, and I was on the. And again, this is like twenty years ago, and I, I was in the uh, uh, an aisle seat, and there was a couple, a young couple, a guy and a girl, who were in the seats next to me, in the, the middle seat and the window seat, and uh, the guy had his jacket over his lap, and she had her hand under the jacket, and they were going at it during the during the uh, during the flight. And that, was it a daytime flight? It was a daytime flight. Ah, gangster. It was a daytime flight. And that's probably the most uncomfortable thing I've ever I've ever witnessed. That's the mile high cut. I'm sitting next to him. I'm sitting right next to him. In that case, you know, you make it more uncomfortable for them. You get your snacks and you start saying, hey, <laughs> this is a great movie. Like, it's just you, you, you look. You make eye contact with him. Yeah. Feels good, <laughs> right? Uh, he's probably into that. <laughs> I mean, we're on a we're on a tube hurtling through the sky at 500 miles per hour. Were you I'm sitting not... on the other side of her or on the other side of him? Because he, he was against the window. Yeah, was, and you were in the aisle, against, and I was in the aisle, and she was in she was in the middle. So she was using her left hand or her right hand because you could ask her for a hand as well. Like, Boom! I didn't have a jacket. Don't participate. Right? I didn't have modern solutions. Modern solutions to modern problems. <laughs> they got blankets. Ah, ah. I wore them, but I didn't have a jacket. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, a jacket. You work, you work with what you got. <laughs> so, any anything again before we get out of here? The worst thing you see on a flight. The worst service thing. that the service that you get when you sit in the back of the plane. That's the worst thing I've ever seen on a flight. My God. They don't care about you at all behind that curtain. When you're in front of the curtain, they treat you like gold. When you're behind the curtain, you probably might as well just die because they don't you're, care. Like you're a refugee, basically, as far as they're concerned. Yeah, basically, as far as they're concerned, it's con air and they don't care about anything you need, like nothing. Look at you because you fly first, you're all sedity eating off of a plate. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I am. Paying a thousand extra dollars to eat off a plate. I am, and I am (laughs) proud of it. And I lay in the bed too. So (laughs) I generally uh, either pass out or stick my face in a book as soon as I get on an airplane. So I don't notice anything. They probably, uh, probably the worst thing. They probably, I think that dude has sleep apnea because he passed the fuck out and he snored hella loud. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably the worst thing on the flight. That guy snored for four hours. As long as you don't fart in your sleep, that's the only thing that's important on a flight. I do my best. I fart in first class. I crop dust them on the way in. <laughs> so, class solidarity. Okay, any, saw, any flight stories? Somebody somebody checked the lithium battery and it stopped us from being able to go. And that when I just felt so bad because when this person, they were like, who's lithium battery? We, they finally got them off the plane. And it was like, I just knew people were about to start. They were like throwing things at this person. And I almost felt bad if I wasn't like one of the ones throwing him. You know, I was like, oh, he didn't mean to. <laughs> but I was like, you ruined our trip. Um, it's all his fault. And then nice. the people, monsters, they were like, I was like, okay, look at this mob mentality. Like he clearly made a mistake. He's getting kicked off the plane. He's not going to make it to where he was going. But people get cranky. They get cranky on planes. Yes. Okay, so where's everybody playing? Kate, where can people see you? I have a Valentine's Day show at The Stand. The Stand in New York? New York City, yep. In New York City on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gaia? February 3rd uh, at Brian Pesane and Friends at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. I can't remember what the year it's at right now. You can look it up. Um, see me in Barcelona for the International Cannabis Business Conference in March, and then I'll be in uh, Phoenix for the Arizona Canna Cup in late March, and then I'll be in Berlin in April. Come through, Chris. I'll be in Berlin in April for the International Cannabis Business Conference. All right, and Chris, where are you? Uh, well, this all this week, catch me at the Comedy Store. I'll be there Saturday night. Um, next month, though, I'll be back in the Bay Area. Bay Area, you catch me at uh, Cobbs on the 15th. And on the 17th, I'm doing the best of the competition for the San Francisco Comedy Competition oh, at nice. the Marin Theater. So come through. Come see us. All right. Awesome. Well, Chris Riggers and Guy Bielum, Kate Robarts, thanks very much for being with us. Always a pleasure to have you guys. So let's do it again soon, okay? Take care, man. All right. Stay off the planes after you've had beans. <laughs> just just saying. Just a word of advice from Uncle Brian, a word of advice. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We'll check you out next week. If you want to support this podcast, lots of ways to do it. One is to tell everybody you can, any possible way that you can. Send people uh, links to the show. We drop on Thursdays. If you're watching us over YouTube, uh, do me a favor and subscribe. It costs you absolutely nothing. And as soon as we get a 1,000 subscribers, we can do this live. Right now, we record on Wednesdays, drop on Thursdays. But I want to do it live so that way you can comment in real time and we can respond to your uh, to your texts and to your emails. So uh, subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe. And the uh, other thing you do is if you're listening to us on podcast, whatever platform you're using, give us a five-star review because that helps people to find the show. So uh, we'll check out next week. Till then, be kind to your neighbor. He knows where you live. <laughs>